Gun Pop, Big Gun Brian Petrie, giving out the lot. One is mortal, you know it won't miss. Gonna take a shot, dog lot. That's the underdog, yeah, they in the hunt. Send them home, that's KO or submission. Yeah, somebody done. Slime ball, yeah, that's the parlay. We gon' make it known. Pick and pie from MMA tapes. Yeah, let's get yes, it yes, yeah, yeah. What's up with the what's up? Sorry if the I have a light over here, right? Got a light here, light over here. It's a little darker on this side because that light is busted. My apologies, the 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 light went out, but you know, you see me, you hear me, you got it, you got it. What's up with the what's up? But wanted to do this show for a while, huh? Didn't get to put out a podcast last week of one of the biggest cards of the year. That was tough. I there was a couple days where I thought I could do it, squeezing in. I, I posted a Twitter and, and I shared it on Instagram as well of the reason why I wasn't able to. And there was a couple glimmers of hope that I could do it. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I had to be a, a, a father. I had to be a husband and everything. And we'll get into that. And um, so I couldn't post it. But I posted all my plays that way because I had a great fucking week. So I want to post my plays to let people know, like, hey, I actually had a pretty good week. I just documented it. That had a pretty good week. One of the better weeks I've had in a while. I uh, wouldn't say the year. I'd have to go back and check the books. But a great week. Hit the slime ball parlay. Hit three for three of my locks. Missed on the green hammer, which was a big swing. It was a big old swing on the green hammer, but missed on that. Missed on the strong island parlay. But uh, yeah, we're here. We're here. Hitting two weeks in a row, I think now we're hitting the slime ball parlay. Is that correct? Woo! We're ready, boys. We're ready. But first off... Let's, there's two things I need to talk about that are not uh, fighting related. One is my beautiful, beautiful wife. She had surgery last Monday, a week from today. Um, people are probably, I always left it vague about the surgery. Everyone, listen, we're all nosy, okay? We all want to know what the fuck, what, who, if someone died, I want to know why they died. You know, if someone has surgery, what did you have surgery for, right? I understand HIPAA and you got to keep it private, and everything like that. But my wife had some uh, female problems. She's had them for a while now. Both my fat-held children that she birthed for me, um, when they left her womb, they 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 tore some shit up, right? I mean, their heads are this big, ten-pound babies coming out, right? They tore some shit up. So my wife has had some uh, some female issues for maybe six months or so. Back in August, around my birthday, we found out that it was probably going to require surgery to fix this. She uh, went to several doctors to get you know opinions and whatnot and blah 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 and, and we decided to do the surgery so um it was a i don't know if it was a full hysterectomy or whatever but so a hysterectomy which you know a lot of females unfortunately have to go through that's why they are the superior sex they gotta give birth and they gotta deal with periods and they gotta go through stuff like that which is just absolutely horrible and then she had some prolapse organs as well her bladder her bowel and then there was something wrong with her uterus so it wasn't just go in, fix the, take the uterus out, um, you know, hysterectomy, whatever it was, take this, take the uterus out and fix the two organs. And then the uterus and the uterus or urethra, I keep saying uterus, sorry, the urethra as well. Um, she had the works. She, she had it done. They kept reading to her in the hospital. Okay. So you're here for blah, 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 blah. Like it was a million things she had to get done. Poor woman. Um, so we had that on Monday. And it was the same day they said, hey, listen, you know, if everything goes well, she gets to go home. So the surgery was like two and a half hours. I'm waiting. Uh, doctor calls me in the room, goes, yeah, everything went great. She gets to go home. You know, she's waking up. She's slowly waking up. We'll let you know when she she wakes up. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm sitting there waiting. I get a text. You know, they text you when you can go see her. So I get a text. I run back there. And uh, 
I open the door or the door is kind of open. I come in. I was like, hey, and she's just like writhing in pain. So much pain. They gave her uh, some Tordal, which is what like the NFL players take when they like bust a rib or something. Apparently some real good shit, you know. They gave her some Tordal. They gave her some, you know, heavy dose of pain pills. Nothing was working for her. So we decided. They, at first they were going to kind of like, they kept giving us stuff to like discharge her. I'm like, yeah, should she be in this much pain? You know what I mean? And then finally the doctor came in and was like, okay, you know, we're going to keep it for tonight because, you know, you were supposed to go home outpatient, but you're obviously in a lot of pain. We got to figure that out. So they took great care of us, the hospital, the surgeon, there was, there was a surgeon, the surgeon, the doctor who did it. He had a surgeon, uh, another guy that helped with the operation. And then the resident guy or whatever, they all came in, you know, talked about why there might be pain. This typically doesn't happen in a third year old woman. These these situations, like I said, my kids, my our kids, not much of my kids, but they have my fat fucking head. They tore some shit up. You know what I mean? Poor woman got tore up, and um, so um, they uh, they they just said, "Listen, this doesn't. Ha- this is usually kind of a an older woman thing, you know. Unfortunately, and and my wife's thirty two years old, and so it's very it's very she's very young. And younger people, believe it or not, actually don't do well with this type of surgery because of the nerve endings, and she's very vascular, so the pain is going to be a little more. So all of Monday, she was out of it. Anesthesia was still foggy with her, the pain and everything. And then Tuesday, um, she was she was better. She was getting better, and we we got released Tuesday afternoon sometime. The pain was very manageable. More manager watch her say, still in a lot of pain. She got to get up and walk and she had to leave with a catheter in, uh, which, you know, I was on catheter duty. So I had to drain that fucking thing and put the bag on at night and stuff like that. And then we get home. My kids are sick, right? And both my kids are hacking up stuff. I get a little sick. It was a lot to deal with. And as much as I wanted to break away and record the podcast and give my picks out because it was such an amazing card on paper and, and it delivered and I was incredibly excited. Um, I just, I didn't know if I could get away and do it. My wife was like, my wife was encouraging me like, Hey, go do it. That's okay. I can watch the girls right now. But you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to, to make sure everything was okay. I can't really walk away from things. It's just kind of the dude I am, but happy to report today was her follow-up week follow-up and she got the catheter out, which is great. So she's pissing on her own, which is great pain. She's going to be on. I mean, listen, the recovery is four to six weeks. She's an absolute fucking warrior, absolute champion. She's going to be sore and, and things are going to, you know, she still can't lift stuff. And, but you know, she's, she can't sit still. This, this woman is a worker. This woman is just, if she's not being a mother, she doesn't know what she's doing with her life. Like she is just a busybody, And so it's killing her a little bit, not to be as busy as she is, but she's still finding time to be a little bit of a busybody. But today's a great day. Um, got to catheter out. Doctor gave her good news. There's no, you know, infections after the surgery, no complications after the surgery. We just had to really deal with kind of the pain management, which was a little unexpected, I, I think, from Erica and my wife, Erica, and myself, and even including the doctors. But they just said, listen, um, you know, we reviewed the tapes, reviewed the surgery, and it, it, it just what it is sometimes with these women, especially with the with fixing the organs, it, it, it can cause a lot of pain in the upper area. So, um She's home. She's good. Last week was was crazy. Uh, you know, I joked about putting on my cape being super dad because I, I married a woman who's super mom. So I felt like I had to step up and be super dad. And I thrived a little bit, you know, taking a kid to school, picking her up. You know, I'm off work. My work, you know, I took some I took like uh, they gave me up to six weeks. I'm only going to take probably two. But um, 
so I'm off work or whatever. And it's just, it's nice. It's nice to, uh, to be a dad. I was cooking dinner, going to the grocery store and stuff. And then my wife, of course, you know, after day three, was like, okay, I got to start doing something. So we went to the grocery store together. No, it's just, it's good. She's doing good. Everyone that said, well wishes to my wife. Incredibly. Thank you. Whatever. Uh, and thank you from her to me, everything she's doing good. Um, I know she's a little bummed out because I think we were done with two, right? We didn't want to, we didn't want a third, but now that they kind of taken the even option, I think, I think deep down she wanted a boy, one boy. I think a boy me would have been a problem. You know what I mean? I was a fucking handful as a kid. Okay. Um, but no, I have two beautiful children, two beautiful girls. I'm lucky to have them. My wife's been through enough. The pregnancies, the deliveries, the births, all were really tough on her. And uh, and now she has to deal with this. I feel guilty at some aspect as she's dealing with all this. I don't have to do anything. I made a vasectomy appointment about a year ago, and I canceled it. I got too scared. And this woman's going to have major surgery. Now, I know that was an elective. That was something that she unfortunately had to do. But that's how much tougher she is than me. Is I'm too big of a bitch to get my fucking nuts snipped. Um and she's out there getting this stuff. So she's a little down in the dump. So we're going to, we're going to try to bring her up, but, uh, everything's going well right now, which, which I'm very thankful for. And I'm thankful for you guys. Thank you for you. We're going to get to UFC 295. I promise we got a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, but I got this brought to my attention by three different people on Twitter. They wanted to know my thoughts on the, on the Twitter drama, the MMA Twitter drama, the MMA gambling Twitter drama, and I don't really have too much to say about it, but listen, this is this is a platform where we talk about fucking everything, right? So Cody Safdick, who I am not a personal friend with, we follow each other on social media um, or on Twitter at least, and uh, I, I think he's the GOAT. I think his breakdowns are top of the line. I think, you know, he does the PRP, um, the, the you know, that he started the entire card um, parlay, which he wins quite often, right? And just an overall sharp, sharp dude, uh, loves MMA. He's been in the fight space. I believe his full time job is something with, like he's a producer for something, a fight network or something like that. I don't, I don't fully know. But him and Paul Shag, Dogger Pass Podcast, they do a phenomenal show. Love both those guys. Um, listen weekly. One of the few shows I, I I listen to weekly. Cody ran into a little problem with the, with our boy Andrew Gombas. I believe I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, he's on Twitter as well. He reached out to me many years ago. I helped him get some some like microphones and stuff of what would sound good on camera because he was going to change this in the camera. And they had a little little beef because I believe Gomboss or Gom yeah am I saying his name right? I don't know. He was he made a comment or I I don't really know. Someone took a shot at someone right, and so then they started kind of going back and then it and then it became like the DM battle. People were leaking DMs. Gomboss was leaking DMs. I know Andrew um, is is very proud that he is a is a um, very proud that he is a professional gambler. Like this is what he does for a living. He is DM me asking me if I knew any like bookies because he's trying to like he's trying to bet on he's trying to hop on a bunch of different books. I think he might even carry a book at some point. You know, he might have been a bookie at one point. I don't really know. That could be made up. But he did DM me and ask me if I know any books. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like the real deal. He's a real deal. He lives this shit gambler. That's what he does. Nothing else. Like this is me full time. Right. And Cody puts out the PRP cause it's fun and people love it. And everyone loves a parlay, but he also makes bets besides that. That's not the only bet he's doing. He's also doing other things. So I think Andrew maybe sent a shot at Cody and then they kind of both went back and forth a little bit. And of course you had Cody who has a big following chirping Andrew and everything like that. 
it's silly in the sense that, you know, but that's the thing is they, they both take it very seriously. You're coming at me. I'm going to come at you. I'm not going to let you just say whatever you, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just man shit, right? That's, that's real. That's just real life shit. Gambaso, Andrew, I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, I think, but Andrew is, is a real time better hardcore gambler and Cody's as real as they come that one of the sharpest, if not the sharpest dude in the space. Right. I, I truly believe that. So when it got brought to my attention, cause I completely missed it. I got a DM like, Hey, what do you think about this? So I went back and saw it and uh, I was a little shocked a little bit, you know, Andrew's been in, you know, he's been in a few uh, Twitter dust ups a little bit, you know, cause he takes his shit very seriously. If you come at him about anything, he's coming for your fucking neck. And Cody is just seems like a nice guy, sharp you know again a lot of fans out there uh including myself and i'm really good at what he does so it was a little surprised that cody was involved in that but it was a nice little back and forth you know what i mean a little bit of heat on it a little bit of heat a little bit of mustard you know that's this competitive nature we all want what the other guys got you know i've came on this podcast before and i've said i was jealous that uh, another capper hit a parlay and made like 18k i was like what the fuck why can't i hit one of those you know what i mean I'm not really, a, I give out the slime ball, but I'm not really, A, I'm not really a parlay player besides the slime ball, and B, I'm more of a straight wager guy, and B, I'm not, uh, definitely not a lottery parlay player. Maybe I should be, maybe I should start playing Cody Safdick's PRP because it hits It hits a lot. It hits like three or four times a year, and that's like crazy money. You put like five bucks a night, you can you can get a nice return, 10 bucks, whatever. Um, but I'm also not like a huge, like, you know, my units are 100 bucks, right? You know, I get a lot of shit for that on and it can fly in like, why do you got this guy in? Is your cappers units are hundred dollars? They need to be two thousand, three thousand. It's like, bro, like, sorry, I'm never once. You have never heard me say I'm a professional gambler. I'm not right. I love this shit. I love picking fights. I love making some money. I love hopefully making you money. I like entertaining you. But it was a little surprised that these two two guys were boop, 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 on it, you know. And I know. Gomboss hopes hosted like a Twitter spaces thing or whatever. And someone's like, why don't you have them on your show and hash it out? It's not, it's not really what I do. I'm not really Dr. Phil here. I mean, I, you know, these dudes, two dudes can hash it out on their own, on their own platforms and have a nice little debate or whatever. Keep it civil, keep it civil. But yeah, I mean, Gomboss is the real deal. He's the real gambler living, you know, you know, I don't even know what his units are, but they're probably extraordinary. And then you got Cody, who's been in love with this sport and been part of this sport in some fashion professionally for a very long time. So it was kind of weird seeing them go at it. You know, I like both guys, but you know, um, you know, I, I, I do think Cody's the King. I do. I've heard that. You've heard me say that. What other capper is going to come on his own podcast and tell you that another guy's better than him. Like Cody's better than me. Like he is right. Um, he picks fights head to head track record. He's better than me, but that's something I'm going to get better at. I'm going to continue to see the board a different way. Cody's fantastic though. But, uh, you know, so silly, but I had to address it because I don't think any other people are really going to address it on their podcast. Who else is going to address MMA, Twitter, drama, MMA, Twitter, gambling drama on their podcast besides this old guy right here. So I'm going to fucking dive in. I'm going to do it. I'll be peacemaker. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Or I'll stir some shit up. People, you know, maybe people are going to get mad when I say, I don't know. Fuck. All right, 295. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go now. So we're at 15 minutes. I got a tight 30 because I got to go pick up my daughter from school. Alex, let me let me get through all the betting stuff first, right? Hit the slime ball. <sighs> yeah, you heard that, right? Slime ball plus three. Was it 324? Plus 324. <laughs> 
That's a juicy slime ball, baby. We had Steve Urchay. We had, uh, excuse me, Steve Urchay. We had Diego Lopez, who's a plus money. Plus money in a slime ball doesn't happen often, but that's how confident I was. And we had uh, Joshua Van, who was my more, Joshua Van, excuse me, was my more lock. One very high on that kid, by the way. 324. <sighs> Fucking cashes. Slimed up, baby. Locks three for three on my locks. First time, maybe all year I've hit three for three. More like Josh Van. Send him home, Tom Asimov. Dog lock was Jessica Andrade. Could have been Diego Lopez, but I liked Andrade in that spot as well. Three for three on my locks. Green Hammer <laughs> failed. It was Yuri by submission at plus 700. Truth be told, and I'm an honest man, right? Say what you want about me, but honesty is, is, is the top of my list of what I want to be. Busy week, whatever. I had most of my picks already in because, you know, I prepped for the weekend, yada, yada. You know, when I was, my wife was recovering in the hospital. That's all I was doing was on my phone, watching fights, picking fights, you know, keeping notes and, and making, you know, blah, blah. You, you get it. You guys get it, right? I couldn't find a good green hammer. I couldn't. Usually the slime ball is the first I pick. I go through and make all my picks. Something jumps out to me, something doesn't, whatever. Slime ball is usually the first off the board, then my locks. And then, and then I go green hammer at the end, typically, because props come out later in the week, so it only makes sense. So I was struggling to find a, prop, a green hammer prop for you guys. I didn't want to go with people that were already in slime ball. I didn't want to double up on the slime ball guys. I don't want to double up on the, the New York guys that I support because I think maybe my biasy towards them, you know, were, were, were you know, I, I love those guys. I love Ray Longo. I love Matt Favola. I love those guys from the gym. So, you know, biases aside, I didn't want, so it was, it was kind of hard. I was trying to find some spots and, you know, Steve Ursaig over two and a half is what I was going to go, but I'm like, I'm already on Steve Ursaig. Plus that number was kind of high. And then, so Yuri by submission, I went and I just had a good feeling all week about Yuri. Yuri was going to do something because even though Poton is, is good on the ground or, or, or defensively sound on the ground, he holds arms very well and he works his way to the top. Yuri isn't this like high level jujitsu who's super patient. He's going to cut through your guard. He's, he's a guy that's just going to die for shit. And I thought that could give Poton problems. But if I'm being honest with you, the green hammer was a struggle for me this week. Not making excuses. It's an L. We're hanging an L on it. But I got to be honest, it was a little tough coming up with a green hammer. Um, I didn't love a ton of the props. I, and to be honest with you, I played Tom Aspinall by knockout prop. And I played, uh, excuse me, I played um, Rebecca by submission. Those are the only props I played over the weekend. Truly, those are the only, I usually touch props a lot more. But I reeled back and just took money line on like pretty much every fight that I liked and the fighter I liked. Hitting the slime ball, making money, money's moving, uh, and you know, and I was free rolling all night essentially, and I just kept winning, which is great. Um, and then the co-main event, no, yeah, the co sorry, excuse me. So I had the green hammer, Yuri, and then I said, you know what, I'm going to cover my ass, Yuri by KO as well. I put a quarter unit on that in the main event. I lost that as well. So three props, two one on the props for the week, uh, which is very low for me. Usually I bet more props because you get a little bang for your buck. But again, I kept it money line this week. And it was tough for me to find a green hammer. That's the truth. Poton versus Yuri. Whew. I mean, the stare down at the weigh-ins, the stare down in the cage, whew, just chills, dude. Fired me up. You know what I mean? Poton, Alex Pereira is just fucking stone face. Yuri's got, he doesn't have as a scary as a face, but he is still fucking intimidating and, and he'll stare at you. Unbelievable just build up for two guys who, 
you know, Pereira doesn't speak English, but everyone like, you know, he's taking the American audience by storm. People love him. Yuri speaks very, he understands English. He speaks broken English, but again, it's not super fluent. Um, and his just personality with the hair and the samurai spirit just, again, it consumes you. You don't have to have a guy like Connor or Colby who are running their mouths. Like these guys are just intensity is what draws you to it. And you just them staring at each other across the cage and, and Poton not moving until Bruce said his name was just some, some crazy shit right there. Um, Alex Pereira, man, I picked against him, right? I'm dead wrong. I texted my buddy earlier in the week, and I believe I, t- no, I, be- I texted him twice. I repeat myself quite often. I apologize. If you're my friend out there and I repeat myself a lot, I apologize. My wife gets on me about it, but you know, I, I got stories. Anyway, my, uh, I texted my buddy earlier this week. I said, he asked me, he's like, what do you think about Yuri Alex? And I said, I'm leaning Yuri. I had already done the Anakin Florian early in the week. So I said, I picked Yuri on Anakin Florian. I might switch though. It was a plus money when I picked them. But my logical brain says Alex by knockout. But I want to be uncomfortable because I think Yuri just has more. And then I texted him on Saturday night before the main event as well. I said, my logical brain is saying knockout, but I just put $25 on Yuri to win by a knockout. And I already had 25. I, by the way, another confession, I didn't do a multi-unit prop play for the Green Hammer. I know I always hit multi-unit prop play. I put 25 bucks on it by plus 700. I apologize. Wasn't money. We're rebounding this week. Pickham's coming later this week. Anyway, um, but dead wrong. Poton is, is, is a different kind of dude, right? Kickboxers have come. The people think this is just like, oh, well, he had a huge, great kickboxing. A lot of kickboxers have come over to MMA and they haven't done what he's done. This is a testament to this dude wanting to be great. And this is a dude who aligned with the right guy in Glover Texera and he's taken him to the new heights. He left Sonny where he lived in Brazil, where his money goes a long fucking way down there to Connecticut, where your money doesn't go as much and it's cold and it's Connecticut. And he's over there becoming the best in the world. The only guy to ever win the middleweight 205 title, I believe, was that the stat or was that the record he broke? He still doesn't have that many MMA fights. It's crazy. He got in this to chase Izzy. He called out Izzy, which I don't mind the call out. He wants a big name at 205 before he fights Jamal Hill. He owes Izzy one, you know, because Izzy got him last time out. Izzy thinks it's over. I don't think it's over. You're one and one in MMA. You got to have a rubber match. I mean, he's he's two and zero on you in kickboxing. You got to have a rubber match. Um, either way, this dude is he's built different. I mean, the kicks were not even they're they're not even telegraphed. They're not even wind ups. They're just little kicks, and it was spinning year around and hurting Yuri's legs and that left hook. Oh my god, I've talked about that left hook so much. I've literally watched every kickboxing match I could find of him, all his MMA fights. And I just watch that left hook. A lot of the times it's coming off a counter, a check left hook. It's just, it deads people. It literally hits you and you're out, right? It's special. He hit Yuri with a tiny little one inside, just a boom, point of the chin. Yuri goes down and that was a wrap, right? And, and Poton, again, a guy who feel like a traitor because I'm a huge Izzy fan. And now I'm like a huge Pereira fan because look what he's fucking doing. Glory Kickboxing Hall of Fame, two-time champion in the UFC with not a lot of experience, MMA experience. Knocked out Izzy, won the title, got knocked out by Izzy, a fight that he was controlling, got caught. Goes up to 205, beat John Blahovich, which is a bad matchup for him. Jan said, I'll strike with you the whole fucking time, bro. 
Polish power shoots within 10 seconds and is now talking shit online like, ah, you're pathetic. That was pathetic. Judges will hand this to you, whatever. Jan, I get it that you're 40 and you want to get a paycheck and everything and it might work. But you sat there and said, I am striking with this guy. The Polish power is real. And you shot and you didn't really land much of your takedowns. And when you did, you didn't do many anything with them. So back to the line, Jan. You know what I mean? Get to the back of the line. Um, but man, what a what a fucking stud Pereira is, man. I mean, color me a fan. I'm a traitor, whatever you want to call me. This dude doesn't speak English and he's fucking hilarious somehow. His non-facial expressions, like just the content he puts out and the people that are doing content with him is it's just fantastic. I mean, how do you not like this guy? And Yuri, same way. How do you not like this guy? This guy's fucking crazy. This dude is off the reservation, but it works for him. And the one thing I got to talk about, obviously, is the finish. So I tweeted out immediately after the finish. I tweeted, I don't want to take the W away from Alex, but that shit was early. And a lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You know, we, we, it's all up to interpretation, right? We're all disagreeing. We're all agreeing. I mean, some people are like, yeah, you're right. Some people are like, no, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. And then some guy hits me up and goes, I dumbass. Yuri said it wasn't early. <laughs> hey, asshole. I sent that tweet out before Yuri said that. Could I have followed up with a tweet and said, oh, shit, Yuri said it wasn't early, so it wasn't early. Boom. I could have. But it was like 1230 and I'm old. Okay, guy. No. So I thought it was early. Yeri said it wasn't. He doubled down and said it wasn't early. Mark did a good job. That's it. It wasn't early. Done. Nothing for me. My opinion was that it was early. The fighter who lost the fight, who was in the situation, said it wasn't early. It's done. It wasn't early. Opinion changed, right? That's what happens. Um, Yuri will be back. He's an exciting guy. I think he needs to get back quick. I know he just got knocked out. You want to rest the chin, but he was out for 18 months. And I would like to see him back. Um, 205 is kind of a weird situation right now. And Clive, Johnny Walker, apparently going to run it back in July or January, excuse me, um, after their weird fight. Um, and I don't really know at 205 who Yuri could fight off the top of my head. They could maybe rematch Poton because you still got to get Jamal Hill healed up. Anthony Smith is in there against Yuri. That could be something. I know people were getting on me because like, dude, Chael was joking. Anthony Smith's not next to line. I don't know when Chael's joking, right? The guy's on meth or something, right? The guy talks so fast. I can't read him. But uh, no, he's not on meth. I don't know. Don't uh, don't. He was just talking very fast on the show. But he did say Anthony Smith might get called out. And I think Anthony Smith believes it. Anthony Smith went on Ariel's show and I was acting like fucking, you know, He's next in line. He's one and two in his last three. And I thought he barely won his last fight against against Span, right? So, um, but they might throw him in there with Yuri. Yuri could that could be a main event sometime, you know, early next year. Pereira, you know, he's calling on Izzy. He wants away from Jamal Hill. He wants to stay active, I think, but he also wants the big money fights. He's 36, so he knows. I got a couple more years to really stretch this out and make millies on top of millies on top of millies. The UFC loves him. The fans love him. He's an exciting fighter. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do at 205 considering Jamal Hill is six months, maybe eight months away from, from fighting probably. Um, you know, you got UFC 300 in April. I believe that's the time they're doing it. I mean, that's going to be the Connor show, but you know what I mean? So Lot to, lot to think about, lot to see at, at 205. I wish Ant Kaliev would have got a clean win over Johnny Walker without the disqualification. That way you can do Ant Kaliev because I think he would be next. They might give Jan it because Jan sent the tweet. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But Pereira, 
phenomenal performance. Another phenomenal performance is Tom Aspinall. I love Tommy Aspinall. I kind of called this fight. I figured this is exactly what would happen. I sound like Luke Fury right now. I called this. Well, you steal a left hook. And I called that. I broke it down on the eight fucking shows I do. Sorry, Luke Fury took a shot there. But um, no, I, I thought that's what was going to happen. I had I just thought Tommy was going to be too quick in and out. Um, that's what you. That's how you beat a reach. I mean, the reach of Pavlovich is so long. When you beat a reach, you got to go in and out. You got to have good footwork. You got to know your distance. And Tommy's really good at that. And he landed a hot shot, put him down. I had Tom and Aspal KO round one. Another few props I hit, but that was the one I hit round one KO. Um, I thought if he touched Pavlovich, I thought Pavlovich was still vulnerable a little bit with the chin. You touch Pavlovich, I thought he was going to go down. And Aspal's a big fucking dude. 6'5. Long body and filling out, and not to mention taking on short notice, and not to mention having a stiff back where he couldn't really train. This dude has balls the size of my house, right? Heart for days. He knew, listen, I only get a handful of shots. Michael Bisbee took a shot off a movie set, left the movie set, and fought Luke Rocco and won the title. Tommy goes, I can beat anybody in the world. Let's do this. And then he hurts his back. And no one would be like, well, whatever. He powers through, can barely train, is just hitting bags and mitts, and goes, I'm still doing it. Like, the heart and balls on this guy is insane. Again, another log jam at heavyweight. What do you do? I think if it was anybody else that was champion, if it was Ciro Gone, if it was Curtis Blades, anybody, they would strip him. You blow your shoulder like that, you get stripped, I think. And I think that still should be on the table John Jones is an older guy. They want him to fight Stipe. Dana is, Dana is bullish on that fight. Possibly summer, but more likely like late August is probably when that's going to happen. So I would strip Johnny Jones of the title. Give Tom Aspinall the full range, your champion. Let him book against Gone. Let him book against Almeida, whoever he wants. Let him heal up first. Maybe Almeida, Gone, fight to see who fights Aspinall for the real title. And then when John and Stipe fight in August, give it for the interim belt, right? Let John go out because I still think that's his last fight and Stipe's as well. He'll be 42, Stipe that is. Let them fight for at least a belt, an interim belt. And they have the option to go unify that with whoever the champion is at the time. Probably Tommy Espinosa. I don't see many people beating him at this point. That's what I would do. I know it's disrespectful to strip John Jones. But he won the heavyweight title. He's never defended it. He got hurt. Not his fault. But the division has to move on. You can't really defend an interim title, which they might have to do. Tommy Aspinall can't sit for potentially 10 months unless he wants to. Well, longer than that, because 10 months is might is might when we see Jones Stipe. And then he might never fight out. They, both those guys might retire. So I think you take the belt away from John, give Aspinall the real one, say you're the real champion now. And let John and Stipe fight for the interim title. Might not make people happy, but it's not like John is this long-standing heavyweight defender. You know what I mean? It's it, he's the greatest of all time, hundred percent. But I think you got to take it away from him. Let him fight Stipe for the belt, and then um, and then I think he's going to walk away regardless. Anyway, I think Stipe is going to walk away. So then you still have your actual champion there, Aspinall, young guy who has continued to go on. I mean, listen, John John Jones versus Tommy Aspinall is a fight I want. But Dana is not moving away from Stipe John for whatever reason. 
So what are you going to do? Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. Hated seeing Mackenzie Dern get smacked around like that. Kind of thought it was going to happen. I did not play Andrade by knockout. Guys in my group chat, Timbo, shout out Timbo. He had her by knockout. I know that was a big win for him. That's a great way to play it right there. But I knew Andrade was not going to lose four in a row. And I knew Andrade was going to come in aggressive, not give up a takedown because Mackenzie Dern's takedowns are trash. Her stand-up looked not as good as it has in the past. Maybe this was a bad camp for her. I know she's going some some personal stuff. But Andrade knocked her around. Super impressed with Andrade coming back. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame fighter right there. Um, 115's her weight as well. I've, I've been on record saying I think she would look good at 125. She fought at 125. 115's her weight. Uh, no need to go back up. Matt Favola versus Benoit saint -Denis. I love you, Steamroller. Um, I, you know, listen, this is, uh, you know, people are like, hey, emotions will cloud your judgment. Yeah, but listen, I'm not going to pick against a friend. I'm just not. I, I bet Steamroll in the parlay, and I bet on my knockout. I really, truly thought he had a chance to knock out Benoit Saint-Denis. If he touched Benoit, um, like he has touched guys in the past, he could have knocked him out. He came out a little aggressive. His hair was on fire, took him down. It was a high-paced fight, and then he just didn't bring his hands up on the exchange. He got kicked in the head, right? Got kicked right in the head, got knocked out. Benoit Saint-Denis is a fucking stud. Nothing wrong, not, nothing embarrassing about the loss. Favola was on a three, four-fight win streak. Goes out there and uh, gave it his all in front of Madison Square Garden, which is a dream come true. Longo's guys and I have a great night, unfortunately. And um, I'm glad Matt got on the main card. I'm glad Matt made it a fun fight. Uh, and it sucked he got caught. But, you know, we're going to rebound. We're going to rebound. I say we. I'm not part of the team. But I did send Matt a text and just let him know, like, hey, brother, like, win, lose, or draw. You're the man, uh, you know, small setback for major comeback. You know, the, he's an exciting fighter. Um, I wish he would get a little more active. I just got knocked out, so maybe take some time. But let's let's start stringing some wins together again. Because, again, he's he's in a, he's a, he's a tough dude. He's a tough out. Ben Wilson, he's a different kind of breed. Classy in, in, in victory. Him and Matt shook it up. They I think, believe they saluted. They're both military men. Ben Wilson, he's calling out the you know, fucking tire division. He called out goddamn everyone, but I think in the post-fight presser with the with the media, he settled on Poirier. He ain't gonna get that fight in Gamrot, which not a lot of people are gonna fight. Want to fight Matus Gamrot? So I think you will get that fight. And uh, Ben Wallace thinks he's a little green. He's still very green, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles those guys. Diego Lopez, what a fucking stud! Had him the win by knockout as well. I I did not place the bet in the knockout. I had him at plus money. I had him at plus one ten was an early bet for me uh, for 1.2 units, and then I had him in a parlay. So I cashed out big or a nice little chunk on Diego Lopez there. He was the um, final leg of the, the slime ball as well. So uh, nice little cash out there for your boy. Diego Lopez is a stud, exciting fighter. His hair is dope. He looks like Patrick Swayze. Might be my new favorite fighter. I don't know. Called out Bryce Mitchell. Phenomenal call out. Makes sense for... Uh, main event next year for a fight night. Um, I would love that. You got Steve Arceg against uh, Alessandro uh, Cortez. Excuse me, Costa. Shoot. Boop, boop. Can't read. I'm a fan of Arceg. I think he's clean. That first round was perfect. Second round, he got hit a little bit. Dropped the second round. In the third round, you know, I, I, I feel like he played it safe, which you got to play it safe to win the fight. That's fine. That's UFC. I have no problem with that. That's a critique. That's just what I noticed. First round was perfect. And he let Costa be, make it a dog fight. And he got clipped a few times. Great resolve. Got hit hard. Showed a good chin. So good durability. 
and then really used his head and played it smart in that third round, won a decision. Ursaig's a guy that I'm going to keep an eye on. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's a great fighter, good on the ground, um, rushed some things, I think, on the ground on this one. Costa was really hard to hold down, so maybe I'm just undervaluing or underappreciating how good Costa is on the fucking ground uh, or how strong he is, but Ursaig's a real deal dude uh, to keep a lookout for. Top of the receivers, Lupe Gonez. Uh, a lot of people were, uh, not a lot of people were up in arms about my picks. They're a little, I got, I got one little pushback on Josh Van being my motor lock and then me picking Rishi. Good plus number, dog fight. I thought Loopy won. A couple of my buddies who had Rishi as well texted me and said, dude, we might get this one. I thought we could get some fuckery with the judges because uh, there was some, some questionable calls in there, but I thought Loopy won. She fought phenomenal. She got clipped at the end of those rounds. One was a headbutt. One was, a, was a, just a clean clip. But um, both these women just scrap, right? It was a great fight. I love this fight. Very similar, but Loopy proved that you ain't going to take me down because my sisters are world class, and they're teaching me takedown defense. They're going to be Olympians. And, you know, I have pressure and some striking that's going to give anyone problems. And I'm fucking tough, and cardio is through the roof. And Tabitha Ricci, same thing. You know, she proved, too. I think these girls are going to fight one more time. Uh, on the way to the title or maybe once when uh, when one gets a title. But I think this is a big setback for Ricci because, again, you need to win to keep going. I think Loopy now is, is going to be primed for someone in that division uh, worth a title. Mantouche Rebecca versus Roosevelt Roberts. Uh, Rounds Becky, I believe how you pronounce the name. John would kill me for mispronouncing it. But, yeah, he, he completely smashed Roosevelt. This guy, um, how do I say this without getting in trouble? Rizbecki, um looks like he hasn't said no to a lot of things in his life, right? When a doctor says, hey, you want that extra shot? It looks like he hasn't said no. The guy is just muscles on top of muscles with his arms this fucking big, okay? Listen, landed a sick arm bar. Roosevelt Roberts took it on short notice. Miss weight. This is just his way of getting the OC. They're like, you're going to fight this Polish hammer. You're going to be a giant underdog. Take it. We'll give you another fight. He's like, cool. Um, cut the weight. Couldn't get there. But Roosevelt Roberts will be back in the OC. But yeah, Rounds Becky, a guy who I hit by uh, submission as well. The only other prop I hit, arm bar. Just took it home. This dude's going to be interesting. Cardio needs to check out, which I, he's been in the decision in the UFC has checked out. But, uh, yeah, this could be a tough guy to beat. This could be a tough guy to look good against, too. If you can beat him, you're squeaking out something. But this is going to be a guy to keep an eye on. This is an interesting cat here at 155. I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be curious uh, to see how this goes for his career. You know, it might be sold on him. I wasn't sold on him. Might be sold on him. Uh, Nas versus uh, Slava Klaus. What a war. Fight of the night, in my opinion. One of the fights of the night. Unbelievable. Nas had him hurt every which way in the second round. Slava Klaus is just tough as nails. Comes back in the third round and, and arguably wins it. You know, 10-8 clears day as, as the second round. Third round was close. First round was close. The first round, Kenny Florian smartly pointed out, a lot of those punches were landing on the elbows and the arms. If Nas had a little bit more output in that first round, I think he could have stole it. But I thought the first round went to Slava Klaus. Second round was all Nas. Third round was Slava Klaus. I thought the draw was the proper call here. Um, I think Nas, he wasn't patient enough on, the, or he's maybe too patient on the feet and then rushed on the ground. I know he's a well-rounded fighter. He thought, I'm going to go on the ground. I have great top pressure. I'm going to pound this guy out. Slava Klaus has obviously been working really well off his back to stand up because that's his big thing. Take him down. He's fucking cooked. 
But I think Nas had a finish in there in the second round if he would have just let him back up. Easier said than done. You're in the middle of a fight. Who the fuck am I to say? But I think Nas could have got that finish if uh, if he let him stand back up because Slavikos was hurt, bloody and hurt. Um, but he went to the ground. He decided to pound him on the ground, and he let him back up a couple times, and, and Slavikos had great resolve, and then rebounded well in that third round. Was still fast, still quick. His body punching is top, top notch, and you know Nas took all that and looked fucking good. You know what I mean? Nas is a sturdy dude. Hard to hurt that guy. Great fight. Um, you know, Nas has a good future. And if Slavikos can just really, really get some takedown offense, cause he's working well on getting up, stopping the takedown. There's not a lot of people that are going to outbox that guy. You know, he's that good. Um, but I thought draw was the right decision. Yeah. Jared Gordon versus Marco Madsen. Marco Madsen might be done in the UFC in my opinion. I don't know. You can trot that Olympic medal out there all you fucking want. Homeboy. Listen. Greco roaming is upper body. They don't really use the legs. It's all upper body. He clinched with Jared Gordon, where he's supposed to be this beast strength and strong and, you know, upper, and he got smoked. Like, he looked pretty good in the beginning. He overwhelmed Gordon. But when Gordon settled down, Marco Madsen gassed. He doesn't know how to manage his gas tank. He got out-wrestled by Grant Dawson and got submitted. Now he got finished by Jared Gordon, who had a great performance. New Yorker. Great message, smoke crack underneath the arena or whatever he said. Got a knockout. Everyone that I am friendly with, I'm not like friends with, but friendly with, love Jared Gordon. I don't know him personally. Good win for him. New Yorker getting a knockout in New York City in Madison Square Garden. What better feeling is that? Uh, so good for Jared Gordon. Marco Madsen, probably done in the UFC. John Castaneda, just a solid performance over Kenyon Kang. Uh, Castaneda again is going to be a tough out for a lot of people. He's very well rounded. Fight IQ needs to evol- uh, um, fight IQ needs to get up a little bit, in my opinion. But a solid fighter, great fighter. Joshua Van, keep an eye on this guy. Keep an eye on this guy, Joshua Van. Twenty two years old, very very good. Needs to pick his shots a little more. Um, needs to maybe work on distance a little bit more. But this guy is going to be good. He already is very good. He's going to be even better, maybe even fighting for a title. I like Joshua Van a lot. He's fought two tough guys in the UFC already. Zalga Zumagulov with the fucking hair. He beat him on a short notice debut. And then he gets Kevin Boras, who was a, is a big dude from Peru who cracks hard. He hurt Van in this fight. And Van just stayed in his face, out him, out hearted him. Uh, phenomenal performance. And then Dennis Bazook, 0-2 in the UFC. Gets knocked out by Jamal Emers. I did not see that coming. I had the over two and a half in that fight. I did not have a side. Um, that one hurts. Eight and four of my picks total. Three for three on the locks. Green hammer. Pfft, slime ball parlay. Yeah. That's it. That's the show. Man, it's good to do a recap show, boys. I haven't done one in a while. I love doing a recap show after a huge pay-per-view. Talk about everything. Um, and just kind of get my thoughts on and give you guys my thoughts on all these fights. All these fights, man. It was a great card. This card, this week's card. I know people are sleeping on it. The main event, Brandon Allen versus Paul Craig. Not a lot of people are, you know, getting rock hard for it. They're not getting out of bed for it. Good card. Some scrappy fights. There's some good fights, some good betting opportunities. I will be breaking that down. I'll be putting that out. Probably Thursday is my schedule. I know in the beginning of the year, I sat down and said, my New Year's resolution is to get these out every Wednesday. Life happens. It's going to be Thursday. <laughs> it's going to come out Thursday. It's going to be worth it. Hit that fucking subscribe button, though, baby. Woo! 1540, I believe it's right. 1540. Let's get to 1600, huh? 
By the end of the year, 1600, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a neighbor to tell a cousin to tell a hookup to tell a fucking side chick. Whatever you got going on, tell somebody, hit that sub button. It's free. Don't cost you nothing. Uh, and that's it. That's the show. This is fun. 43 minutes. Got to go pick up my daughter. I might be making my world famous chili. I might be making it. I don't know. I feel I'm pretty good today. I was a little tired this morning. I make a mean chili. Not a Cincinnati chili, like a Tex-Mex with beans kind of chili. And I make a really good chili. So I think I'm going to have to get the ingredients for the chili. You know what I mean? Have a little chili. I might post a picture of it. Follow me on Brian Petrie MMA on all social medias. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. You guys are the best. Thank you. Let's make some mix with our man Brian Petrie. Perfect week for Brian Petrie yet again. Motherfuckers. Let's make some mix with our man Brian Petrie.